everyone, happy new year, and welcome back to the Alberta Roundup. I'm your host, Rachel Emanuel. Today, we are joined by longtime fan favorite and friend of the show, Chris Sims. Sims is, of course, the Alberta Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Chris, we are so thankful to have you on the show today. We're going to be doing a little bit of a 2024 economic update. What can we expect to see this year? Thanks for joining us. So Chris, first I'm wondering, looking at the provincial government, can we expect any relief from the Danielle Smith government? Well, we certainly hope so. And one of the big ones should be an income tax cut, a provincial income tax cut here in the province of Alberta. Most of your listeners and your viewers will probably remember back when Premier Danielle Smith was campaigning to keep her job, she campaigned on being low taxes. And one of the marquee promises she made was that they were going to create a new lower income tax bracket. Now that can sound super boring because I'm talking about tax brackets, but at the end of the day, what this means is if they go through with this promise, and they'd better, you're going to be paying lower income taxes. So right now, the province of Alberta actually has a pretty high low uh, threshold income tax. What that means is if you earn up to about $145,000, so that covers a heck of a lot of people, if you earn around that amount of money, you're paying 10%, boom, Alberta provincial income tax. That's much higher than you would pay in British Columbia, for example, that is run by the NDP government. It surprises quite a few people, myself included, <laughs> when you move to Alberta, you actually might notice your paycheck go down a little bit. That's because as of right now, our income tax is high because we don't have that lower tax bracket. Fast forward, Premier Daniel Smith said, okay, I recognize this is a problem. So this means we're going to create a new lower income tax bracket. So your first $60,000 of earnings will now be taxed at a lower rate. So your first, you know, $59,999 will be taxed at a lower rate. In normal people talk, this should save the average two-person working family around $1,400 a year. So that's nothing to sneeze at. And this government had better keep that promise and they better keep it real soon. We've been hearing some rumblings now of them using terms like it's our longer term plan. Nah, -uh. they campaigned on this as being a major promise. They have to do it now. And it will save if they do it, and they should, this will save Alberta taxpayers a lot of money. Like I said, around for a two-person working family, around 1400 bucks for the year. So that's serious dough. Chris, you are absolutely preaching to the choir. I couldn't believe when I filed taxes last year how much more money I owed to the government. It really, really stung. And you, of course, were on our election panel when we talked about this income tax relief for the first time. The UCP had hoped to make the economy the election issue. You know, I don't really think it was. I think it was more an election based on whether voters trusted Rachel Notley or Danielle Smith more. But we saw a lot of policies being pushed about the economy. And, you know, the economy is still in really bad shape. I think it's only fair that the Alberta government would put forward these policies and actually act on them as they promised. So for our viewers who are concerned and who would like to see this be implemented, of course, you know, email your MLAs and let them know that you're concerned and that this is something you want them to act on very quickly. 
Absolutely agreed. And that is something that, you know, I love Alberta for a million reasons. And I'm so thankful that we were able to move here with my family. Um, one of the things I really love about Alberta is its activism. Just anecdotally, uh, I was at a big conference in Red Deer and a lot of, you know, us types of small government, low taxi type people were there. And we spent the whole day. I was chatting with your colleague, Andrew Lawton, et cetera. We go to some, you know, random low cost hotel to finish off the night and finish our work that I had, you know, rented for the night. And we <laughs> stumble across this other grassroots organization having one of their meetings right in the lobby <laughs> because that's the way Alberta is. And so if taxpayers, if citizens of Alberta want something changed, they don't sit on the couch. They actually pick up their phones. They send those emails. They go to those AGMs. They go to those meetings. So definitely email the premier and your MLA and you say, hey, uh, I'm holding your feet to the fire. I want lower taxes. I think that's a really good point. Activism in Alberta seems to be much more astute and important than it is in other provinces, at least in my observation. Chris, there's something else we need to talk about when we're looking at the provincial government. What is the update on fuel tax? Yeah, this went sideways really fast with this government, and they didn't need to make this happen. So let's back up for about a year, okay? So a little over a year ago, Premier Daniel Smith fully suspended the fuel tax. So if everything were being equal and we had the full fuel tax, we would pay 13 cents per liter provincial fuel tax on both gasoline and diesel. For a while there, former Premier Jason Kenney suspended it partially, then fully, then partially again. A little over a year ago, Premier Daniel Smith said, you know what? Everything's bloody expensive and everything is unaffordable. I'm fully suspending it. Oof, 13 cents gone every single time you're filling up. There was a technicality, though. They said it's going to be now tied to the price of oil. And the moment that your West Texas crude or your, you know, dollar, your price per barrel drops below a certain threshold, we're going to automatically put the tax back on incrementally. Now, let's be clear. Nothing is automatic when it comes to government. They're literally the government. They can change the law like in a day. So nothing is automatic. What they did then is kind of throw their hands up and say, oh, well, look, the price of oil has dropped. So we're going to put it back to nine cents a liter. So in essence, what has happened is the Daniel Smith government of Alberta has hiked your fuel tax as of January 1st. I actually can't really believe I'm saying that out loud because most people are still really struggling with affordability. They've got a lot of bills coming in. I know a lot of people had a much more subdued Christmas, to put it nicely, the last few weeks. So people are strapped. And the idea that this government turned around and hiked their fuel tax January 1st, while the NDP premier, Wab Canoe over in Manitoba, is fully suspending their fuel tax? This is a bad look. We're not happy. Absolutely, Chris. This is such an important policy because not only does it offer relief to Albertans who are struggling right at the pumps, but also because Danielle Smith is always hammering the federal government and Environment Minister Stephen Guibault. And this is one of those ways that she can really fight back against his climate policies because she's handing Albertans relief at the pump and kind of throwing his climate change policies back in the face by saying, look, there's something that we can do for Albertans and certainly we are going to do that. So just one more thing I want to ask you about the provinces before we move into the federal government. 
When Daniel Smith was first elected, she offered some one-time payments to families and to seniors. It was about $500, depending on your unique circumstances. Is that something she should and could do again in 2024? Sure. If folks need it and if the government can afford it, and as of this show, they have a $5.5 billion surplus, uh, all that being equal, yeah, they should do it. Because you have to keep in mind, so if people are fighting to afford basics, and by basics we mean housing, home heating, fuel, and food, okay? We're not talking about trips to Maui here, okay? People are fighting to afford those basics, then that is something that the government can help with, <clears throat> especially if she's providing a shield against Trudeau's never-ending carbon tax hikes, his ridiculous spending that also causes inflation to be worse. So anything Daniel Smith can do to make life more affordable, like a shield wall here in Alberta, is a good thing to do. And just a reminder, this is taxpayers' money. This is not some magical wealth-generating machine that they've had hidden under the city of Edmonton, under the legislature. This is all taxpayers' money. So if they can give some of that back to taxpayers in order to make life more affordable, that's smart. Okay, and finally, moving into Albertans' least favorite topic, the federal government. Can we expect to see any relief from the federal government in 2024, or are we really going to have to wait for a change in government here? I'll start with the bad news, um, and the short answer is no. Uh, the Trudeau government is pretty ideological, and by that I mean they're really bent on cracking down on things like oil and gas, on resource development, as we saw with the environment minister, Mr. Gibo. You know, he was famously a Greenpeace activist who was literally arrested on TV. So he's the one in charge of what we can do as far as energy extraction here in the Alberta. So let's not kid ourselves here. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty grim. We're also seeing the wrong signals coming from Trudeau when it comes to big time spending on things like, you know, a national pharmacare program and all these big tent, big sky ideas when we have no money. We have unmoney right now. We are more than a trillion dollars in debt. So what we're paying on the interest payments, just the interest payments on the debt right now, in many cases, eclipses what we spend on healthcare. As a line item in the budget, it eclipses what we spend on the armed forces. Like, it's mind-blowing how much debt we have right now. Um, what this also does is that when the, he just keeps on making these spending announcements, what happens is the Bank of Canada just prints more money. And that then causes inflation, like anybody with a basic shred of common sense with economy understands how this works. So what's happening is he's causing inflation to get worse, which makes everything go up for us in price, which in turn makes the Bank of Canada all twitchy. And then they start jacking up interest rates. So we've not heard one little bit of like sober second thought coming out of Trudeau or any of his team. And he's also going to increase the carbon tax. So I know April 1st, no fooling, um, his carbon tax is going up. So remember what I was saying about diesel being so expensive? Um, as of right now, in January, diesel has a carbon tax of 17 cents a liter. That's going up to 21 cents a liter. Now picture everything, like look around your house if you're listening to the podcast or if you're out for a walk, look at even all the stuff that the houses are built of around you, right? Even the cars, they're all shipped to you on trucks. All of those trucks use diesel. 
if he increases the tax on diesel, he increases the tax on everything. And that's what he's going to do. So unfortunately, policy-wise, no, we don't see any really good things on the horizon from the Trudeau government. I will point out one little glimmer, though, and that is the Atlantic caucus of the Liberal Party in government. What that means is all of the MPs who have seats in the Atlantic region, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, Newfoundland, and Labrador, they managed to make Trudeau blink on one of his biggest issues, the carbon tax. They made him take the carbon tax off home heating oil, furnace oil, as it's known out that way. Furnace oil is almost exclusively used in Atlantic Canada. And he did that because he was going to lose his shirt in Atlantic Canada. And those MPs stood up to him. Even though they're in the same party, they said, hey, man, pull up your socks. We're not doing this anymore. And he suspended the carbon tax on that fuel for their constituents. So I would give you a little bit of a hope that it's possible for MPs, no matter what party they're in, especially in government, if they stand up and put their foot down, we can see real change. Because for those folks out in Atlantic Canada, that's going to save them minimum 300 bucks just this winter because of that one move. Okay, Chris, thank you so much for that update. I know it wasn't the happiest update for our viewers, but ultimately I believe the most important thing you can do is educate yourself, know what's going on in your country, know what's going on in your economy. That way you can be prepared for whatever comes next. Maybe now is time just to rein in spending a little more. Hopefully we have a better update for you guys in 2025. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. I know my viewers always really appreciate your insight. For those of you who are still on Christmas holidays, lucky you. Enjoy it for a little while longer. I will see you guys next week. Have a great weekend and God bless.